News Weekly is an ad-free listener-supported podcast made possible by teammates like you. Just go to patreon.com slash Sammy Shah, that's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, to support the podcast, where you can get free tickets to my upcoming comedy festival shows in Sydney and Melbourne. That's patreon.com slash Sammy Shah. Top Stories of the Week The Great Resignation Hits Canberra Also, Booing Biden All that and more on Newsweekly Hello, I'm Sammy Shah and thank you for joining me as we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Parliament pushing the unemployment rate higher news now. The great resignation continues. First, it was Jacinda Ardern who decided to quit on being Prime Minister in a way that very much resembled someone breaking up with you just before you can dump them. And now the spending time with my family movement has made its way to Australia. The most recent victim of needing to spend time with family is the vaguely human former Minister for Human Services, Alan Tudge. Tudge has been in the spotlight recently for refusing to take credit for the inhuman way in which he tried to credit the accounts of Centrelink with fake debits. It was during his time as Human Services Minister that an automatic debt recovery scheme ramped up, telling a Royal Commission last week it wasn't his responsibility to check its legality when doubts emerged. The most illegal administrative scheme run by any government in the history of the Commonwealth. It's believed it was the coverage and revelations around this controversy that have led to his decision to resign, and not that time in 2020, when, while serving as immigration minister, a federal court found he had engaged in criminal conduct by forcing an Afghan asylum seeker to spend time in a detention centre for no reason at all. Nor is it that time the Auditor General found that Taj had used his role as Urban Infrastructure Minister in 2019 to gift $600 million in funding for car parks to marginal seats instead of deciding it on merit as he was supposed to. And it definitely wasn't that time he had an affair with a staffer, Rochelle Miller, while both he and she were married with kids. So why then did he resign? It's not been an easy decision for me, but it is necessary for my health and for my family amongst other reasons. Amongst other reasons is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Caught for words and composure tested when talking of his children. They've had to put up with things that no teenager should have to, including death threats. That is a beautiful moment of empathy for his children, which he didn't display for other people's children when he was pursuing their parents with fake debt claims and campaigning against gay marriage during the referendum. And I guess he wasn't worried about his own children when he was banging his assistant on a trip to Kalgoorlie. Alan Tudge's departure will leave an empty seat in Victoria's division of Aston, which Labour will probably lose by trying to put Christina Keneally into it. Meanwhile, his departure is being mourned by Barnaby Joyce, who also once had a lot to say about family values until it was discovered he was having an affair with a staffer. Here he is talking with Andrew Bolt about how unfair life is for guys who cheat while sitting in Parliament and overseeing massively failed programmes that cost the taxpayers lots of money. Barnaby Joyce, something I think you probably know a little bit about. Alan Tudge quit today, the uh, Liberal Minister, Mm -hmm. uh, signing threats to his children. The smear of the ABC didn't mention that, but we know uh, all about it. Uh, You know, what's your response to all that? Well, Once more, the ABC is part of their religion. Um, Surely, if they... I I just think that 
I'm not going to make a judgment either way on Alan Tudge, but you know, we all know the politicians in the past on both sides of the political fence who we could have done our documentaries on. So his argument is others did it, so why are we judging Alan Tudge for doing it? Those others were you, Barnaby Joyce. You're the one the documentaries could have been on. But it, it's, you know, what I, what I don't like is that the ABC doesn't accept the consequences for what they create. And i uh, tell you what, Alan Tudge's children had, uh, you've created a nightmare for them. Do you accept responsibility for it? Do you accept that maybe your reports were wrong? Do you apologise? Do you want to go out and meet the children and say, um, might have had a bit to do with that and I'm really sorry because apparently a lot of what we said was rubbish. Except the ABC didn't make up any wrong reports on Alan Tudge. It reported on allegations of abuse made by Rochelle Miller against Tudge, which were allegations she made, and the ABC didn't make a judgment call either way on them. It just said these allegations were made and Alan Tudge denies them. That's how reportage is done, which might be confusing to anyone who is a frequent guest on Sky News. He and Bolt then go on to lament the public's refusal to let the previous coalition government destroy the national broadcaster. Oh, Barnaby, uh, you're now, well, I thought you were a hard-headed realist, but now you're absolutely dreaming to think the ABC would apologise for anything. But uh, oh, it, annoys, it annoys you're me so much. $1.1 billion. $1.1 billion each year, each year. Well, you guys had hey, the chance. Tell me the conservative you had their foot, your foot on the ABC's they... throat. You had your foot conserv- in the ABC's throat and I know, you didn't I know, let them go. And, I, and I can tell you, and what happens we'll about is the bleeding, people, the bleeding people turn up and say, oh, we can't have a fight with the ABC. You know, mate, the, who's the Conservative reporter on the ABC? Who? Tell me one. Not one that I know of. Not one. That's because reporters aren't supposed to be conservative. They aren't supposed to be progressive either. The whole point of journalism is to aspire to objectivity. A reporter who shows their bias is a bad reporter, which the ABC tries not to hire, believe it or not. I work there. I know a lot of journalists at the ABC who are conservative in their personal politics. But that personal politics never made its way into the reportage. There's a lot of progressive politics that also doesn't make its way into the news coverage. And there have been several independent studies into the ABC's reporting conducted during conservative governments that always found it to be overwhelmingly unbiased. Still, the ABC made me cheat on my wife might have been the justification Barnaby Joyce was using all this time, which is why he's angry to see it not work anymore. Alan Tudge wasn't the only resignation this week. Although while he resigned from politics entirely, Lydia Thorpe has only resigned from the Greens party. The unholy alliance between the Greens and Senator Lydia Thorpe ending over disagreements on the Indigenous voice to Parliament. My focus now is to grow and amplify the black sovereign movement in this country. The Victorian Senator moving to the crossbench. Without being constrained by portfolios and agreed party positions. Lydia Thorpe's decision to leave the Greens appears to be because of a disagreement with the party over voice to parliament, which she is not backing, but the party is. She hasn't left the Greens because of that time in 2021 when she was found to be dating the ex-president of an outlaw bikey gang while holding the justice portfolio for the party and sitting on a law enforcement committee. Nor is it because of that time in 2020 when she said new bail laws being introduced in the Northern Territory were racist and assumed the Attorney General introducing them was a white male when in fact it was Selena Weibo, an indigenous woman. 
Nor is it from that time in 2022 when Thorpe's former chief of staff said he was scared and appalled by the way she abused two indigenous community leaders at Parliament House last year, one of whom is Aboriginal elder Auntie Geraldine Atkinson. You know, there's indigenous elders past, present and emerging we are all paying respects to in our acknowledgement of country. Yeah, Auntie Geraldine Atkinson is one of those. Lydia Thorpe was allegedly so abusive to her the 70-plus-year-old had to get medical care. So how has her resignation been taken by the Greens? Well, here's Greens leader Adam Bant visibly grinning from ear to ear while doing the bare minimum acting required to sound sad. I'm truly sad to see her leave. Sure you are. And Barnaby Joyce is truly worried for Alan Tudge's children. So, what happens to Lydia Thorpe now? What will she do? I am resigning from the Greens to sit on the Senate crossbench. Unfortunately, according to the Senate seating plan, the crossbench is where Pauline Hanson sits. And since politicians are basically schoolchildren without a teacher to control them, here's Pauline Hanson complaining about the seating arrangement. Chris, I only just found out yesterday and I was furious and I went straight to the president's office and made a complaint about it. They don't see any problem with it. The president, Sue Lyons, is absolutely bloody hopeless in her role. There has been over the last couple of years since Lydia came into the parliament, you know, I've complained about her aggression towards me, um, her uh, treatment of me when I'm doing my speeches in the chamber, she's shirt front at me. They know there are problems. So she actually asked asked Jackie Lambie to, to move from her seat so she could sit beside me. We'll see what pans out of that. But what I've heard also is the fact that she did not want to sit beside David Pocock because he's a white male. At this point, there's no word yet on whether Lydia Thorpe has started throwing spitballs at Pauline, but they have both been told to stop passing notes in class. If you don't think this is the start of a really weird, odd couple-style friendship, then you haven't seen any high school movies. Now, we know Lydia Thorpe left the Greens and she's talking about her own political party. She also asked to move seats and apparently Pauline Hanson's not too happy about it because she's moved next to her. She's an attention-seeking Indigenous senator from Melbourne who likes fast bikes and burning buildings. I'm not going anywhere. And she's an attention-seeking former fish and chip shop owner from Queensland who likes getting stuck halfway up Uluru and secretly talking to the NRA. Please explain. It's when woke meets whack. I am resigning from the Greens to sit on the Senate crossbench. About, you know, less than probably 30, 30 centimetres, 45 centimetres beside us. This summer, watch Lydia Thorpe and Pauline Hanson in Crossbench. State of the Disunion news now. US President Joe Biden has taken time out of shooting at Chinese balloons like a grumpy neighbour. They're just welcoming the Chinese New Year by hanging balloons off clouds over Arizona. Are you racist against Chinese people, Joe? This week, however, he gave a State of the Union address, which would have been the most boring thing on earth if it wasn't for batshit crazy Republicans livening it up. Thank God. It began when Republican Senator Mitt Romney, the Mormon who ran against Barack Obama in 2012, confronted Congressman George Santos. We had a pretty interesting moment ahead of the President's State of the Union address tonight. Republican Senator Mitt Romney uh, had an encounter confronting GOP Congressman George Santos, who's under investigation for multiple lies, telling him, quote, you don't belong here. Uh, he also apparently said uh, to uh, 
uh, he also said to, I'm looking at it right now, to George Santos, or he said to reporters about Santos, he should be sitting in the back row and staying quiet instead of parading in front of the president and people coming into the room. So who is George Santos and what did he lie about? Turning now to new details in the controversy surrounding newly elected New York Congressman George Santos. In a recent interview, Santos admitted that he misrepresented several parts of his resume while on the campaign trail. The embellishments, a confirmation of reporting from the New York Times that Santos had not graduated from college or worked directly at two major Wall Street firms, Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. He has unresolved criminal charges in Brazil. Questions were also raised about a tax-exempt animal rescue group Santos claims to run. According to the Times, the IRS has no record of a charity by its name and how he managed to lend $700,000 to his congressional campaign, to which he responded. That is the money of that I paid myself through my company. Santos also addressed claims about his personal life, telling New York Post, I never claimed to be Jewish, while his campaign website said that his maternal family was Jewish and his grandparents escaped Jewish persecution. Santos is expected to become the next Republican U.S. president if he can also add some sexual misconduct charges to that list of achievements. Derek Myers, who was a prospective staffer, says on January 5th, he was alone with Congressman George Santos in his office. He says at one point, Santos put his hand on his groin, then invited him over to his house that evening. Myers says he pushed the congressman's hand away and ultimately left the office. Maybe Mitt Romney is just jealous that Santos has achieved so much of the Republican bucket list in such a short amount of time. Then, of course, came President Joe Biden, with a State of the Union polished by script writers and a face polished by Botox. His speech was a classic case study in addressing the concerns of all Americans. I know how unfair it feels when a company overcharges you and gets away with it. Not anymore. We've written a bill to stop it all. It's called the Junk Fee Prevention Act. We're going to ban surprise resort fees that hotels charge on your bill. Those fees can cost you up to $90 a night at hotels that aren't even resorts. They don't even have a turndown service in the evening. And the private plunge pool is cool at best when it's supposed to be cold. Biden 2024, free continental breakfast for everyone. Now, for the Republicans, this was a chance to show they are no longer the same party that suffered massive losses at the recent midterms. They needed to prove themselves as a mature group that is full of respectable adults who conduct themselves intelligently. The Republican Party needs to do a really deep introspection look in the mirror right now because this is this is an absolute disaster for the Republican Party. The GOP fielded too many novices who struggled with crafting a message, raising funds and waging effective campaigns. Some were also knuckleheads with strange beliefs and closets full of problems. We've attracted these more cartoon characters and if somebody speaking at a rally with a president or a presidential candidate is best known as a pillow salesman. So, you know, it might be best not to heckle the president when he points out something your party members just did. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see it. I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. 
I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Republicans booed him for being factually accurate. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, dressed like the psychic headmistress of a school of mutant children that competes against the X-Men, even yelled liar, which was deeply offensive to George Santos. On a very different note, there are now more than 20,000 people confirmed dead after a massive earthquake hit Turkey and Syria. While rescue efforts are underway, freezing conditions are now affecting the lives of survivors. The World Bank has already pledged $1.7 billion in aid relief, but vehicle shortages and devastated roads are making it impossible for relief efforts in some areas. Defying the odds, experts say after 72 hours, the chance of surviving under the rubble diminishes quickly. But this two-year-old boy in Hatay province was pulled out alive 79 hours after the first earthquake hit. President Erdogan used the word disaster of the century. This is what the seismologists also have been saying, that this earthquake these two earthquakes that happened in the same day in the same region, uh, hitting uh, 10 cities in eastern uh, Turkey, is called as the uh, disaster uh, of uh, the century. In Syria, the first United Nations aid trucks to enter the north of the country since the quakes finally made it in. The only border crossing from Turkey into Syria had been closed because the road was damaged in the disaster. We need the cross-border resolution to continue and we need um, the cross-border assistance to continue in these very early days because as if we do not, every day, every moment, we're losing more and more people. As I did with the Pakistan floods, I'll be donating all of next month's Patreon money to relief organizations as soon as I can confirm from friends in the area where best to send the money. If you want to donate more yourself, I'll put that info out as soon as I get it on Twitter and Patreon. But you can also go to this excellent website. It's uh, helpturkeysyria.card, so card, which is C-A-R-R-D, dot co. So that's helpturkeysyria, as one word, dot C-A-R-R-D dot co. It's a list of direct donation links to major charities and relief groups in Turkey and Syria. As always with this stuff, it's hard to know where to send money. So it definitely goes where intended. So if anyone listening has better info, please do share it and I'll pass it along once I've verified it. That's it from this week's edition of News Weekly. Thank you so much to everyone who listened. Like I said, my tickets for Melbourne and Sydney are now available. If you go to the Sydney Comedy Festival website, uh, you can buy tickets for my Sydney dates and Melbourne Comedy Festival website tickets are available there as well. Um, and of course, all Patreon members get two free tickets. Just email me with your preferred dates of attendance and your full name and I'll send you your free tickets over the email as well. Otherwise, I'll see you right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Weekly.